This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to another edition of the In Focus podcast. I am your host G Sampath. The BJP has won the assembly elections in 3 of the 4 states whose results have been declared. It has won in Rajasthan, Chhattisgarh and Madhya Pradesh. while the congress has backed telangana in mizoram where counting is in process the zoram people's movement is headed for a comfortable majority it's now clear that the bjp has stamped its dominance in the hindi heartland but the results seem to have taken many people by surprise especially the margins of the victory so what went wrong for the congress especially in chatisgarh where it was uh, expected to win what were the deciding factors in madhya pradesh and rajasthan and what lessons if any can the congress draw from its win in telangana keeping in view the 2024 lok sabha elections we explore all these questions and more in this episode of in focus and we are joined by rahul verma political scientist and fellow at the center for policy research new delhi rahul thank you so much for joining us thank you sampat for having me today Uh, Rahul uh, I was just thinking we'll first look at the Hindi heartland states first and here I was just looking at some of the data we have the vote shares for instance and if we compare the vote shares of the congress and the bjp especially the congress uh, in 2023 versus their figures in 2018 we find that in Rajasthan for instance its vote share was roughly the same it was 39.3% which got it 99 seats in 2018 and it was 39.5% this time a difference of just 0.2% and it scored only 69 and if you go to madhya pradesh it was 41% in 2018 which got it 114 seats and this was this time it was 40.4% just a difference of 0.6% and its seat share has come to 66 seats and only in chatisgarh there was a marginal decline in congress's vote share from 43.1% which got it 68 seats in 2018 to 42.3% which got it down to 35 seats so its vote percentage has been roughly the same in the states it has lost but the bjp has registered very clear gains in all these three particular states of northern india 7.5 percentage points more than last time in madhya pradesh 3 percentage points clear ahead from last time in rajasthan and a whopping 13 percentage points more in chatisgarh so uh, if you look at purely as a numerical analysis rather than a political one it looks like the congress has sort of you know stayed the same whereas the bjp has upped its game to sort of another level in these states but of course it's far more complicated than that so i'm just curious what do you make of these vote share numbers comparison between the last assembly election and this one uh thank you sampat uh, see uh, purely from the vote share numbers these three states are congress versus bjp competition states and so our natural instinct is to think that uh most of the votes in these two states are won by congress and bjp which is true but in three states in last uh, in these three states in you what you will find that there are numerous uh, small players like bsp uh, uh, is present in all three states uh, you have lots of independents who win especially in rajasthan what happened this time that many of these 
others basically got squeezed and the uh, elections became much more sort of like bipolar in nature. I can also give you an example of UP 2022. Uh, Samajwadi Party in UP actually increased its vote share, but it came nowhere close to the BJP and BJP managed to win uh, that election handsomely again. So same thing happened here uh, as well. Congress largely held on it to its base. But BJP managed to basically draw a lot of votes, some from Congress and also from uh, the, uh, uh, the others and independents. And that gave it uh, a higher uh, sort of chance of converting seats. Right. But wasn't there also a talk of a lot of uh, rebels standing as independent uh, candidates and you know drawing uh, votes away from their mother parties, so to speak, we should have then seen a greater amount of uh, vote shares for these independent and rebel candidates and, and resultant loss in the vote shares of the dominant two parties? See, a rebel candidate always uh, contest elections. This election is no sort of like outlier in uh, uh, that case. And most often, uh, you know, only like while a lot of uh, rebels contest as independents on, or other, on other party tickets, most of them don't win. That's why, you know, like uh, in Madhya Pradesh or Rajasthan, uh, uh, these, the number of seats of the, the combined others never crossed uh, uh, 10 or 12 percent. Right, right. Now, let's come to the states uh, one by one. And I want to start with Chhattisgarh. I think Congress was widely expected to do well, if not uh, win outright. But uh, but the reality turned out to be very different. And there are, of course, as with any election result, uh, there are a number of different narratives which are doing the rounds in terms of explaining the results. And uh, one, uh, one such narrative holds uh, that the Bupendra Bagel government lost because they did not keep the promises, you know, which the chief minister had made when he won. And uh, the, one of the factors being mentioned is his dilution of the PISA Act, you know, uh, Panchayat Extension to Scheduled Areas Act 1996. There was uh, a movement against uh, the coal mining contracts being given out in the Hasdio forests. And there was a killing of Adivasi. So all these things uh, sort of seem to have worked against him. But we didn't hear about these things in the run-up to the elections where it was sort of assumed that Bagheel uh, has done a good job with welfare schemes and could and should sort of make it home. So what is your reading of this? Honestly, uh, Sampath, I won't even try to pretend that I have an explanation for what happened in the Hindi states. Uh, and because you're absolutely right, uh, even a couple of days ago when all the exit polls came, at least if I remember correctly, uh, most exit polls were predicting Congress lead or Congress won I, winning. I don't think anyone said that BJP is going to win and win comfortably in Chhattisgarh. In fact, in this election, BJP registered its highest vote share and seat tally uh, since the creation of Chhattisgarh. So no one expected first BJP to win and then BJP winning uh, uh, this big. And you are absolutely right. None of these issues... Uh, uh, were actually at the forefront of conversation in the run-up to elections. Everyone thought, yes, Bakhil government might see some sort of like backlash here and there, but largely given the margin of victory they had in 2018, they should be able to come back. Is there one single explanation of uh, Bakhil's defeat in Chhattisgarh? I don't think so. 
uh, yes, I, I think uh, some of these issues, uh, especially related to what you mentioned about PISA and uh, uh, neglect of Adivasi, will be would have been a factor. Otherwise, uh, Congress would not have done so badly in the uh, Bastar Sarguja region. Similarly, what seems to have happened, uh, uh, especially like like micro data, uh, micro survey data indicates that BJP did exceptionally well among uh, OBCs, uh, especially uh, Kurmis and Sahus. And so what happened there, I don't think like there was some talk of that these communities might rally behind uh, BJP. But in such great numbers, I, I'm not sure we had that anticipation. Third factor could be basically BJP strategically using uh, uh, lots of these smaller parties. There are rumors that BJP, in fact, uh, financed some of those elections who could draw some votes away from the Congress. Then there was also some factionalism within the Congress. Uh, T.S. Singh, they wasn't happy uh, uh, being made chief minister. And so there are rumors of internal sabotage. Now, all of these combined would have only produced the result. So there's no point basically at this moment too early uh, uh, to, you know, have a final verdict on why uh, Congress lost in Chhattisgarh where it was placed very comfortably. Right. I think I think among all the factors uh, you sort of uh, referred to, Rahul, I think I'm, I'm very interested in, in one, uh, one of those, which is the BJP's uh, strategic new, so to speak, in, in terms of uh, uh, managing or relating to the OBC uh, voting communities. We'll come back to that a little later. Now, moving on to Rajasthan, there is a sense that Ashok Gelot lost because of the inability of the Congress machinery or so or whatever uh, you find of it to communicate his government's successes in Rajasthan. Is that a valid explanation? How do, how do you uh, understand that? See, again, I won't go for a single explanation. Uh, Congress and Gehlot in Rajasthan was also, you know, had a tougher challenge. They were facing the weight of history. In Rajasthan, no government has repeated in last uh, 30 odd years. Second, uh, uh, and I think I had mentioned this uh, to you during our last conversation a month, Congress has a limited uh, social and geographical base. If you look at the history of Rajasthan elections of last 25 years, whenever Congress won, they somehow just scraped through the majority mark. Even last time, they just had 96 uh, MLAs. So, so in that sense, uh, Congress had a tougher challenge. Uh, if you look at last three elections at the constituency level, there are 54 seats in Rajasthan, which Congress has not won in last three elections, 8, 13 and 18. Meaning that if Congress had to repeat its performance of 2018, uh, in, in, even in 2023, they needed a much higher uh, strike rate. What Gehloth was trying to do is basically create a constituency of his own or, or for his own party by uh, uh, doing these welfare schemes and perhaps uh, uh, doubling down in terms of communication strategy. So I don't think it was a failure of uh, communication as such, but more to do with one, I think the structural uh, reasons, including weaker organizational machinery in comparison to BJP, to limited social and geographical uh, base. And uh, three, I would say that uh, the kind of uh, 
perhaps uh, Gehloth might have hoped uh, that the internal sort of like factional issues within the Congress would not hurt it as much uh, uh, as uh, like BJP would have hoped. In fact, if you would look at the Rajasthan map, uh, the entire Gujar belt where Sachin Pilot comes from, Congress has lost significantly. So some of those factional issues have also hurt Congress. And these three factors are important to think uh, uh, what might happen have happened in Rajasthan. Uh, Rajasthan. Right. You spoke about the Gujar uh, belt where the Congress uh, lost, you uh, know, the, play, the place where Sachin Pilot comes from. I was just wondering, you know, in the past, uh, I think there are these five ca uh, caste blocks, so to speak, whose uh, voting patterns have sort of engineered certain shifts in outcomes. These are uh, Brahmins, Rajputs, Gujars, which you mentioned, Jats and Minas. So, were you able to see any change in their loyalty specifically that sort of uh, brought about the change in outcome compared to 2018? Survey data is not particularly helpful, but at least it can give us some indication. And the reason why I'm saying it's not helpful because uh, the survey that I have access to had not predict predicted outright victory for BJP in uh, uh, Rajasthan, in fact, it said that it's going to be a very, very close contest. Maybe Congress even had edge. But in the micro data, there were some patterns. The gains that BJP was actually making and larger gains that BJP was making was among Minas, was among Gujars, was among uh, Malis, and uh, was among Brahmins and Rajput. Uh, and so gains here were much more than the gains that BJP was making in the Scheduled caste, uh, uh, the Bhil community, or other uh, uh, groups. Right, right. And 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 how do you relate uh, all this to the fact that Congress has had more or less the same amount of vote percentage, but there's been a dramatic change in the seat conversion uh, ratio. 99 seats to 69 seats and the reverse of BJF, of course, you can't really say that because their uh, vote shares have also gone up. So how do you see the seat conversion thing uh, falling flat for the Congress? See, it always happens, uh, you know, uh, that at certain, unless you cross, so seat conversion depends on the distribution of votes among the contesting parties. Congress could convert more seats with the same 39% vote share uh, in uh, 2018 because its nearest rival was trailing. Uh, whereas in 2023, Congress seat conversion is go down because its nearest rival BJP is now had an advantage in terms of vote share. And so they will convert more seats with any additional votes they are getting. Okay. 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 That makes sense for sure. Uh, moving on to uh, Madhya Pradesh, that everybody predicted a close context, even though nobody, well, not many predicted an outright win for the Congress. Or you know, there was a lot of uh, expectation from uh, Kamal Nath's uh, campaign, the soft in the tour dimension to it. What do you make of uh, the Madhya Pradesh results? You are absolutely right. The extent of uh, BJP's victory in Madhya Pradesh uh, wasn't on cards. I don't think even uh, BJP leaders would have expected uh, this kind of uh, victory because BJP registered highest vote share ever. Uh, so for me, I, I and I had written a piece uh, on 17th November when Madhya Pradesh was uh, uh, 
polling that the question in Madhya Pradesh is whether Madhya Pradesh is a bipolar part uh, competition or Madhya Pradesh has become a dominant party state. And the reason I uh, said that is if you look at last 20 years of Madhya Pradesh politics, BJP has been in power in 18 years. Even when they lost in 2018, their vote share was high. And that time there were lots of issues against the BJP. So if they managed to come very, very close uh, uh, to winning in, in, in one of the toughest battle, uh, uh, I wasn't sure whether uh, BJP is going to lose uh, Madhya Pradesh uh, very easily. Second, the numbers that I was quoting for uh, uh, Rajasthan, a similar number exists for BJP in Madhya Pradesh. Out of 230 seats, BJP has never lost 75 seats. And that number is just 11 for Congress party. So given the sort of like uh, uh, number of years party has remained in power and number of stronghold seats, uh, the question was, uh, uh, and, and, and given its organizational machinery, Shivraj is uh, more of a mass leader than uh, Kamal Nath. You know, to, to defeat a dominant party, you need an extraordinary election. In normal elections, you can't, uh, defeat normal parties so easily because it has advantage in many uh, uh, respect. And to me, that is what seemed to have happened. And with this kind of vote share, BJP basically made gains across the uh, uh, state and in, among all social categories. Right. I think this dominant uh, party uh, dom state versus bipolar state, I think it's a good analytical framework for understanding the results. Thank you for that, Rahul. appreciate that. Now, moving on to Telangana. What went right for the Congress in that state where its vote share really shot up from 28.5% and 21 seats in 2018 to 39.4% and 64 uh, seats this time, you know, more than 10 percentage points rise. Sampath, if you look at exit polls, most pollsters got Telangana right. And in fact, uh, the surprising part is that Telangana in terms of vote share was the closest election. The gap between TRS and uh, 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 Congress is hardly 2.5%. Whereas in other states, the gap was much larger and that, that those states could have been predicted, they, they should have been predicted uh, much easily. I think so. So there was a build up to Congress campaign. Everyone was seeing this and everyone was uh, sort of anticipating a very, very close contest between uh, Congress and uh, TRS. I think a couple of things worked in favor of uh, uh, Congress in Telangana. First, the mistakes that the uh, both TRS and BJP made. The BJP have been able to uh, double its vote share from 7% in 2018 to now uh, close to 14%. Uh, BGP was, was expected to do slightly better given their performance in the uh, Hyderabad Municipal Corporation and they had won four seats in uh, Lok Sabha elections. So BJP's campaign floundered because they changed uh, their state president twice or thrice in the run-up to campaign. Uh, the TRS campaign in some ways, uh, I would say, floundered a little bit because Revanta Reddy, who is uh, a Congress uh, president, is very sort of like aggressive and uh, I'm not saying aggressive in a negative way, but he basically kept the campaign momentum and pitch very, very high. He continued to attack 
uh, 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 KCR and his family that this is basically now a den of nepotism and uh, corruption. Uh, he in fact uh, went on to say that KCR has betrayed the mandate of Telangana movement and that, uh, you know, and uh, TRS trying to become BRS is an indication of some of those things. But I think more than that, uh, what happened in the uh, run-up to uh, Telangana campaign uh, is that Congress also uh, did a bit of uh, good election strategy uh, on the ground. Uh, it realized that uh, the party was weak in the greater Hyderabad region. So it concentrated its uh, efforts outside those 25, 30 out seats uh, of uh, greater Hyderabad region. So basically in the, uh, if you look at Telangana map and draw a straight line uh, uh, between the districts that are towards the side of Andhra Pradesh versus the rest of the districts, in the second, in the first part, the districts which are towards the side of Andhra Pradesh, Congress has virtually swept uh, 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 that region. So I think there was much better electoral coordination uh, on the ground, and and perhaps Congress realized both its strengths and weaknesses much better uh, in Telangana in comparison to uh, the Hindi states. Right. I mean, I mean, those are really interesting points, Rahul. Thank you for that. I mean, you mentioned that the Congress's electoral uh, strategy and its uh, managing its strengths and weaknesses was much better in Telangana compared to the other uh, Hindi belt states. And uh, one other factor which was different in Telangana is that it had a, a different generation of a leader. It had a new face, whereas the other three states were managed, I mean, not Chhattisgarh to, some, to, to that extent, but MP and Rajasthan definitely was the old guard. So is that some something uh, to sort of uh, think about for the Congress that you need maybe a new phase, new energy to sort of you know get your campaign up and going rather than relying on the old guard, which has sort of failed so many times? Or is that not a narrative you would buy? No, I think it's again a, a partial answer to things. Let me, uh, you know, make one more point uh, on Telangana and then come to answer your Congress question. In Telangana, you have to also realize that in some ways, uh, KCR had already encashed uh, the sentiments of uh, uh, Telangana movement in 2014 and also in 2018, because in 2018, Congress had made a mistake by aligning with Telugu Desham party. Uh, and TDP uh, is seen as a pro-Andhra party. And that's the sort of like uh, disadvantage they had in, uh, 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 in, in, in 2018. So the combined vote share of like that entire alliance was in uh, mid-30s, around 32-33%. So Congress was well-placed uh, to take on the advantages of the mistakes that uh, uh, these two opposition parties, uh, these two parties, TRS and BJP made. They had a more sort of like fiery young leader, better election election coordination. Also the, you know, like if everything is going well, then they could also use the positive momentum that was generated by both uh, Bharat Jodo Yatra and Congress victory in the neighboring uh, Karnataka, right? So all of these factors confluence for uh, Congress victory in Telangana. Now that brings me to why Congress did well in Telangana, but not in, in, in the Hindi states. And the reason why I say, of course, uh, had they uh, looked for fresh faces, perhaps they would have been a better place. I don't know. But Congress basically, to my mind, 
overread it Karnataka victory and thought it could easily replicate uh, the Karnataka model in every other state. It could do so in Telangana because of the confluence of all the factors that I just mentioned. In the Hindi states, is facing a very different kind of an opposition uh, in BJP. BJP is ideological. It's slightly more disciplined. Uh, it has much better organization and cadre on the ground. Uh, there is also a, a higher appeal of Prime Minister Modi uh, in some of these states. And plus, Congress was incumbent in Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh, uh, right? So without understanding your own strengths and weaknesses, if you try to think that you can easily win election, uh, especially now there is a historical weight against Congress. Since 2013, no Congress state government has got re-elected. Right. And so without so, so that tells you something about your organizational machine to be able to defend uh, your government's track record, tells you something about your leadership, tells you something also about your opponents without taking all of these things into account. If you imagine that you could easily sort of like win back uh, in, in states where you just scrape to power or in Chhatta, which is Rajasthan, or in Chhattisgarh, where the contest for last 15 years was very, very close, 1% margin. Only in 2018, uh, BJP lost so badly. So without understanding those historical contexts, and in uh, Madhya Pradesh, where I quoted some statistics, uh, you have, you're facing a very, very uh, uh, sort of like formidable challenger. And without knowing that and understanding that and then formulating your campaign, I don't think you can just win elections by getting a fresh face. Right. I mean, uh, right. So you spoke about the Karnataka model, Rahul. So I was just wondering, so do we then take these uh, results as an indication, uh, let's say, that voters are not really impressed, at least voters in the Hindi heartland are not impressed by the Congress's uh, twin planks of welfare schemes and social justice? And if, if they are not, I mean, what else could the Congress have offered? Uh you know, uh, Sampath, to be honest, uh, it's a very hard question to answer. Uh, uh, if I knew the answer, then perhaps uh, people in Congress own the answer and they would have tried to do it. But, but, but the point is, see, welfare is now minimum expectation of Indian citizens because all parties offer it, right? So you can't uh, just win elections by making certain promises. And, and this is where I think they extrapolated Congress uh, uh, victory in Karnataka, thinking the five guarantees alone did all the trick. You have to realize in Karnataka, the BJP government was extremely unpopular. CM face could not match your own state level leadership. There was charges of massive corruption uh, against the BJP government in Karnataka. Uh, 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 Congress has uh, sort of like, if not better, at least it could match organizational machinery of BJP in Karnataka. The same conditions didn't exist in Hindi uh, uh, heartland. So rather than thinking of some kind of which is what is happening on Twitter since yesterday, uh, trying to create this false ideological narrative of uh, South versus North voters, uh, the, 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 the structural conditions for Congress is different in North versus South. Uh, and unless uh, Congress understands uh, these structural differences, uh, I don't think any platform can just win you election. You can't just, you know, like you have, you've not, you don't 
get considered as a party of backward caste in North India. Uh, you have to look at your own historical track record. And even if you are going to make a plank on social justice, then there has to be some action on that. Uh, you should have given more tickets to uh, OBCs to contest. How could you think that you can suddenly take the social justice plank uh, by offering the same number of OBC tickets in uh, Madhya Pradesh as Congress of, or as BJP offered? Right. I mean, that's a very good uh, point indeed. And also uh, what you said earlier about uh, welfare schemes being a basic uh, now in elections. I think anybody can, uh, everybody will offer them. And that's not going to be enough at all to get you uh, past the finishing line. I really appreciate that point too. Uh, now, uh, the other big uh, point of contention, Rahul, vis-a-vis -vis oppositions, uh, especially the Congress's approach, to these elections is the entire uh, soft Hindutva aspect of it. I mean, we saw it was very much in action in Chhattisgarh and also in Madhya Pradesh and not so much in, through acts of commission, but maybe omission in Rajasthan. So do these elections, uh, what do they mean with regard to this? And is it like, it's, it's, it, is it also a basic like the welfare scheme or is it something which worked against the Congress because you're trying to be a Me Too kind of a character here? So I don't have a good answer to this. Uh, and I can also understand the conundrum and dilemma uh, many Congress leaders uh, are facing. See, the Congress leaders at the, in the states are doing what you'll call as soft Hindutva because it's the nature or, or, or basically uh, the compulsion of uh, uh, this system. What we don't do in analysis of elections and voting behavior, that there are certain systemic properties that develop. Right. If you think about why did uh, uh, BJP go for Gandhian socialism kind of a uh, rhetoric in the 1970s and 80s, because they also thought that uh, the systemic property of, 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 of Indian politics at that time compelled everyone to be socialistic in nature. Right. Uh, and so uh, the dominance of BJP at this moment of time uh, uh, is compelling everyone to basically show some sort of like uh, uh, Hindu sentiment trait because their reading of the moment is that uh, a large section of Hindu voters think that some of these parties are anti-Hindu in nature and that's what they are trying to compensate. Whether it's backfiring or not, we need a deeper uh, sort of like analysis to uh, uh, this. Right. I mean, that, that's a really insightful observation, Rahul. I mean, the systemic nature uh of the political landscape we are talking about is changing and if it has changed like how the bjp paid lip service if not maybe if you can i don't know if you can call it lip service to gandhian socialism in the 1970s maybe the opposition uh, leaders find a compulsion to do the same and uh yeah i know also for instance earlier you said you don't really buy into this entire narrative of a geographical divide between the hindi belt and the non-hindi speaking states uh, but in terms of a core ideological base that the BJP can count on, you know, no matter what, you know, what you do in, in governance, uh, what the issues are with regard to governance, the BJP can count on an ideological voter base to deliver in the northern states, but it cannot in the south. Isn't that a kind of a, a framework that you would agree with? No, see. But the reason I disagreed with that, I don't know whether you got a chance to look at social media where both Congress official PR managers and unofficial PR managers are trying to make this as a, uh, uh, you know, that this verdict again basically suggests uh, uh, 
that BJP wins in North and by implication, Northern voters are more sort of like Hindutva aligned and bigoted, whereas Southern voters are uh, sort of like much more enlightened and secular in their approach and everything. Uh, they can do that. Uh, and uh, if they want to continue doing that, uh, they should forget uh, Congress uh, revival uh, path. Uh, uh, that's just in, in plain and simple way, a suggestion and a warning about how the nature of political landscape is evolving. I take this point that there is a structural difference in North and South. BJP has an advantage in North because of its historical presence. It has disadvantage in South because it didn't exist as a political party in many parts of southern India. So it doesn't have an organizational base, meaning that it doesn't have a machine to be able to uh, inculcate, uh, appeal to its ideological platform. But to think that uh, uh, that will never happen and to think that this kind of uh, sort of like creating false ideological binary narratives on social media is going to basically win lots of hearts uh, for the Congress party, uh, I think they are mistaken. Right. Now, uh, the BJP has won three out of the four uh, states whose election, whose results were declared yesterday. Now, if the BJP had lost, let us say, in those three states, we would have definitely heard that, uh, that, that very common line that uh, people vote differently in state elections and national elections. But we are not hearing that line very much now. So what do we make of this? Is is the outcome of 2024 a foregone conclusion now that the BJP has sort of definitively won the semi-finals, quote-unquote, uh, so to speak? So let me answer the first, well, second question first. I don't think in Indian politics you should uh, make this kind of uh, uh, presumption uh, that uh, someone wins some round of assembly election and the Lok Sabha election is foregone conclusion. Uh, it definitely puts BJP as a fa favorite for 2024. Uh, BJP has certain structural advantages even before this election and had they lost, they would have still remained favorites. Uh, but had they lost, then the chances of Congress and India Alliance putting a formidable challenge to them would have increased. By losing these three sets of states, uh, their odds have become higher. But I wouldn't say it's a done deal. The second point, this differences between state and national election and uh, people making different choices, I think uh, this comes from two things. One, that we try to create a theory out of everything. Uh, uh, and then we change our theory every second election. Uh, which is not a very, very helpful way of uh, doing theoretical work as it should be uh, done. See, if you sort of like glean through data of last 10, 15 years, uh, what we definitely see that there is a segment of voters that splits their vote, right? But that is it. To say that every voter sees national and state election is to basically say that there is no committed party voters, right? Which is completely false because in every state parties have their base vote so for example let me give you a good example of delhi where i'm sitting bjp wins lok sabha election loses state election right but bjp in state election never goes below 35 percent of vote share so meaning that no matter what 35 percent of votes are going to stick with uh, 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 the bjp if you look at last 10 years of data in delhi what is also happening in Delhi, that Congress gains uh, votes in Lok Sabha election, but crashes in assembly elections in Delhi. 
which means that there is a segment of voters who think that they like Congress is the national challenger to the BJP, but AAP is the state level challenger to the BJP. And so that's the proportion. It could be in some states 10%, in some states 20%, where this sort of like signaling game is happening. And this is why for every theory, we should also think of what the scope conditions or limitations of uh, that theory is. Right. I mean, that really clarifies uh, this narrative we come across every time. Rahul, thank you for that. The two points you made. One, that it is a segment of voters uh, which tend to vote differently. And that is also, at the same time, a loyal base of uh, party voters for every party. I think these two things do go together. That's a very important uh, point to bear in mind when we talk about people voting differently, quote-unquote, in state and national elections. Uh, I just had... Uh, one follow-up question uh, based on your answer before we uh, wrap up, Rahul. You mentioned uh, the fact that the co fact that Congress lost these three states, uh, it would have uh, some impact on the India alliance. Uh, so, in a sense, wouldn't it be a little bit uh, a positive, so to speak, for the India alliance in the sense that Congress would be now perhaps more amenable to uh, certain demands from its coalition partners in terms of seat sharing, because it's not going to be operating from such that much of a position of strength compared to what it might have anticipated. Yes, true. But think of it now. It's an alliance of desperation rather than alliance of an uh, ideological vision, an alliance of strategic partnership, an alliance of a, 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 a sort of like parties with a blueprint and plan uh, uh, to put up a formidable challenge to BJP in 2024. See, this alliance is not going to put up a tough fight to BJP if Congress doesn't perform in the Northwest in India, where uh, I don't think TMC can add any value to uh, uh, alliance or, uh, for that matter, uh, Samajwadi Party can help uh, uh, Congress in Gujarat, right? So, alliance only works if BJP, uh, if Congress can pull its weight in the Northwestern region. Congress now losing these three states basically puts alliance first in jeopardy. Second, why do you think some of the allies would now be ready to uh, uh, be with Congress party even if Congress is amenable? They would think that Congress only treats us with respect when it's down. But where it's, it's their strength area, they don't even uh, take us into account. Why should AAP give seats to uh, Congress in Delhi and Punjab, when it thinks that it can uh, actually contest and win, why should it help the revival of Congress uh, in some of these states? If Congress was not ready to give them space in uh, to AP in Gujarat or in Madhya Pradesh or in Rajasthan. Right. I mean, that's a good point indeed. I mean, it's, as you said, uh, rather than an alliance of strategic vision, it's becoming more of an alliance of desperation and maybe even that would not be enough perhaps uh, we'll have to wait and watch thank you so much uh, Rahul for coming on board here for the show and sharing your insights and observations on the assembly election results it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much thank you Sampad In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.